0: You go for it, Kat. Thank you. Yeah, I thought I would like draw on the short straw. Like Jesus is cooking fish. What? Um, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to top the children's talk, and maybe we should just scrap what I prepared and we should just act it out because that was hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So Jesus is cooking fish. So we're continuing in our Jesus is series, um, so it'll all become a bit clearer. Um, so if you'd like to turn with me to John 21, um, and we'll read it through together. Okay, so John 21, verse 1, it's the last chapter in John, and Jesus and the miraculous catch of fish. So afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing early in the morning jesus stood on the shore but the disciples did not realize that it was jesus he called out to them friends haven't you caught any fish no they answered he said throw your nets onto the right side of the boat and you'll find some when he did they were unable to haul their nets in because of the large number of fish then the disciple whom jesus loved said to peter it is the lord and as soon as simon peter heard him say that um, so heard him say it is the lord he wrapped his arter garment. and t- garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water the other disciples followed in the boat towing the net the net full of fish they were not far away from shore about a 100 yards and when they landed they saw that the fire fire burning there with fish on it and some bread Jesus said to them bring some of the fish that you have caught Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore it was full of fish 153 but even with so many fish the net were Was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? for they knew it was the Lord. Jesus took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Okay, so. The disciples have been on a bit of, it's fair to say they've been on a bit of a journey over the past few years. So in this story, we've got Simon Peter and we've also got the sons of Zebedee, so James and John. Um, And they were, if we remember, right back to the beginning of the New Testament, they were fishing when they very first met Jesus. And Jesus said to them... um, Come, like he said to them he called them to follow him he called them to become fishers of men so Jesus called them away from fishing and over the next three years these disciples were following Jesus being with him day and night and um, they watched all his miracles they heard his stories they were listening to his teachings um, and yeah they were just they were just together all the time Jesus was molding them they were learning they were growing they were developing and then we know that Jesus was then arrested and he was then crucified so you can imagine their disciples whole world was then turned upside down they were completely lost they were were confused, they were upset, they were sad. And then Jesus was risen from the dead and he has appeared to them twice. And both times he's appeared to them, they were in a, in a room with locked doors, okay so you can understand I think at that point it's fair to say they were a bit scared of what their future might hold what their future might be and now they're here they're outside they're on the beach so maybe they've grown in a bit of confidence but I think they probably don't understand what's going on I think they're probably really really uncomfortable really really uncertain as to what their future's gonna hold it's all a bit up in the air so how I picture it is they're all sat on the beach a place they know really well and they're having a bit of a discussion right lads what's next anyone got any ideas Anybody know what we're meant to be doing now? And Peter says, I'm going going fishing. And all of the rest of them say, oh, yeah, 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 good idea. Yeah, yeah, we'll come fishing too. And so they all go off fishing. And I just find it really, really interesting. So they've been on this huge, massive journey. They've changed. They probably don't recognise themselves from three years ago. But what do they do as soon as it gets really, really uncomfortable, as soon as they're really unsure as to what to do? They go straight back to what they knew before. They go straight back to the beginning. They go straight back to fishing. When we know that Jesus said to them, I'm going to make you fishers of men, not fishers of fish anymore. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they've just kind of gone back to what they know best. What is a place of comfort for them and what's a habit for them. And I was just thinking, is this what Jesus had envisioned when he was like on the cross, when he was dying for them? Is this where he really, really wanted them to be? back in that fishing boat on the Sea of Galilee, catching fish, where he met them for the very first time. I was just thinking, where, where would Jesus want them to be? Because I really don't think he wanted them to be there. I kind of imagine it like... Um a dad and his child, and his child's playing with some toys, and his dad comes along and says, oh, do you know what? I'm going to teach you to ride a bike today. Come on outside. Let's go and ride a bike. And they get on the bike, and he says to his kid, right, sit here, hold here, put your feet here. Right, I've got you. Don't worry, I've got you. And he's slowly pushing pushing him along, and he's saying, yeah, pedal, pedal, that's it, that's it. Now you're starting to balance, now you're starting to get it. Don't worry, I'm running alongside you, i got you. And then he slowly takes one hand off the, um, off the handlebars, but he's still got him on his back, and he's saying, I've got you, I've got you, it's okay, running along, running along, and he's saying, pedal, 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 you've got this, you can do this. I believe in you, you can do this. And then the dad just slightly removes the hand from the back of the child, and the child just suddenly breaks, stops, jumps off, runs back inside, he's like, I'm playing with my toys now. And you just think... Oh, but you were so close. You so had it. You nearly got it. And you've just given up right at the minute when you were just about to shine. And I feel like that's how Jesus might feel with the disciples. Like, come on guys, I believed in you so much. You were so close. You nearly had it. But they just gave up right at the point when they were really, really being tested. And so, what I really want to challenge, my first challenge for us today, for me, for you, and for us as a whole church, is are you right this second, right now, where God has called you to be? Are you doing what God has called you to do in your job, your career, your relationships, your finances, in your health, in your marriage, and in where you see yourself in your freedom? in your forgiveness of yourself and of other people, are you where God has called you to be? And do you know what? It's so important that we get it right because it's not just about us. Look at what Peter did. Peter said one thing, and he influenced the, all the rest of the people that he was with. So if we are not where God has called us to be, whether we like it or not, we are influencing those around us. And just think of it completely the other way. If you are where you're meant to be, think of how you're inspiring others. So it's really, really important that we get it right, for not just for ourselves, but for everybody that we come into contact with um, Are you where God has called you to be? And what I find really, really interesting is that place of comfort, that thing that they knew so well, fishing was what they knew like the back of their hand. In this story, it's not really that place of comfort anymore. They were doing it all night long and they didn't catch anything. And it just makes me think that thing that we think is comfortable for us, is it actually still really comfortable for us? Because actually being in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing, isn't easy and although we might think it is it isn't but what I love about this is if you are in that place it's not too late it's not too late Jesus knew that's where the disciples would be that's why he went there that's why he was already preparing the fire Jesus knew and Jesus Jesus knows you today as well and he is ready to to reach out to you and say come on Let's go to that place where I called you to be. Don't stay where you are when if you know that's where you're not where you're meant to be. So are you where God has called you to be? Okay, next point. Um the disciples couldn't see Jesus. So it says that there were about 100 yards away, which isn't far. You can definitely see 100 yards. But possibly maybe it was just because it was the break of dawn. It was a bit dark. They couldn't see. They couldn't see it was Jesus. So they were fishing all night. They're experienced fishermen. Then all of a sudden, this guy rocks up on the beach and says, oh, yeah, why didn't you put your nets on the right side? of the boat now if that was me if I'd been awake all night and fishing and I was an expert fisherman I would be like uh you think we haven't tried that side already no 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 we're going in now we're done for the day um but I just love that they just did it um and I was thinking about it and I was thinking was it because Jesus has told them to do this before and they remembered back how successful it was last time that they just obeyed and I looked into it a little bit And um, it was a fishing technique that they used at the time. So they'd have people out in the boat fishing and they'd have one person stood on the shore looking for where the shoals of fish are. And as soon as 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 they could spot a shoal of fish, they'd say, cast your nets there because there's a shoal of fish there. And so Jesus had a completely different perspective from what the disciples had in the boat. Jesus could see something that the disciples couldn't see. And isn't it interesting how the disciples... Laboured hard all night long in darkness in their own strength and came up with absolutely nothing. Yet, for literally a couple of minutes in the light working with Jesus, they had absolute abundance. Now, isn't that so true in our lives? We work hard and hard and hard at something that actually God hasn't called us to do, but we're not doing it with God, and yet it's such hard work. But when we do something with God, it just feels right, it just clicks, it just works because God has called us to do that thing and we're being obedient to him. And what I absolutely love about Peter's response is that as soon as he realises it's Jesus, as soon as the penny drops and it all clicks into place, he hurls himself out the water. Nothing is going to stop him. Now, he gets it, he understands, and he throws himself out the boat, and he swims towards Jesus. And what I look, how I like picture it in my head is, he, so he, he has his undergarments on, which is what they often fished in, because they have to be in and out of the boat, they're getting wet. Um, and so when he goes to jump out of the boat... He puts his outer garments on, which doesn't make sense. You kind of think, well, just keep that off because you're going to swim quicker. But what I love that he grabbed it, put it on as if, as in, no, I am not going back there. That is finished. That is over. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not leaving anything in this boat because I'm not coming back to this anymore. Jesus, I'm coming for you, and I'm coming for you with everything. And I see it like... um, yeah yeah (laughs) i definitely want to be like that definitely um and um i just picture it like he's just like fully clothed so he's probably not swimming very fast hurls himself over and he's swimming with all his might and you can i can just picture like the boat rowing alongside, alongside him being like peter we're going we're going back in now anyway you could have just stayed in the boat and we'd have taken you back in but he doesn't care he's just like swimming as hard as he can back to jesus um so, yeah, I'm just thinking, to just challenge us, what are we doing in our own effort? Because sometimes we don't even recognise it. Because sometimes, sometimes we take the really, really big stuff to Jesus, but we don't take the small, everyday stuff to Jesus, or, or the complete opposite. It depends, depends what kind of person you are. And I just think, what are we doing in our own effort? And not even thinking to take it to God or not even thinking to bring it before God and say help me in this because I'm clearly not doing it very well myself Um, and I just want to encourage you just to take everything to God so my second challenge today is what are we doing in our own effort and not taking and not taking to God and not listening and obeying and um, like to him because he has got a complete different perspective on our lives and a completely different understanding of what's going on because Jesus can see exactly where the treasure in is in your life and sometimes we are so close to it we can't see it we can't see the wood from the trees and actually we just need to just take a second and say god I really don't know what's going on right now. I really can't see anything good. But where can you see the good because I'm going to trust that you know and I'm going to trust and go for what you can for what you telling me is good. So are you listening to what God's perspective is on your situation in your life and are you trusting and obeying him? So that's my second challenge. My third, my third and final challenge is that When the disciples got to the shore, Jesus had already made the fire. He had already cooked the bread and the fish and the bread were there ready for breakfast. So actually, Jesus didn't need the disciples to catch any fish at all because breakfast actually was already sorted. So that's just a massive encouragement to us all that actually the pressure is completely off, guys. God's kingdom is not reliant on you. God's kingdom is not reliant on me. God has got it all in hand. He's got it sorted. He's got breakfast ready. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about making mistakes because it's all already sorted. So I was thinking, if, if God's already got breakfast sorted, if Jesus already had breakfast there, one, why didn't he just say to them, lads, don't worry about it. I know you've been working hard. Just come on back in. Just just leave the fish for another day. Just come on back in. I've got breakfast. You're fine. Um, but he didn't. He wanted them to catch it. He wanted them to have the thrill of the, of the catch, the, um, to have that sense of kind of achievement and, and of working with Jesus. So then I was thinking, well, why didn't, when they brought the fish in, why didn't he say to them, brilliant great you've got loads of fish keep them for your families um, keep them to sell at the market just come and eat I've got I've got it sorted. just come and eat my fish he said to them I've got fish but bring yours too bring yours as well let's put them all together and let's do it all together and I just love that because God just longs for us to partner with him and to do it with him and to invest in stuff with him. He wants us to contribute, every single one of us. It's not just about him. He wants to work in relationship with us. And so, and the reason why that is so, so important to his kingdom, because actually what we invest in, we value. And what we value... We then invest in, so it's a really, really important thing that we do actually invest in, invest in it all together. And what's really, really great is that when we do that, and when we do it together as 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 people, but also as a church and as and as the body of Christ, when when we win, everybody wins. Um. So when we, so when, we, uh, how can I, exp- um. So in our church, um. Because. I give my time, my prayers, my money. Um, I invest what I'm good at into the body of church. When Alpha is doing amazing, even though I do nothing with Alpha, I can celebrate in that as well and I can praise God for that and think, yeah, great, because I am I am part of that because I'm part of this body. When the, church, when the children's work's doing amazing, when the youth work, when the worship team, when the baptisms, everything, when we win, we win as one because we all invest in it all together. And that is like... Yeah, that is the same in the kingdom. When we invest into God's kingdom, because it is all God's kingdom, then we all get to receive the kingdom blessings all together. So I really, really want to encourage you, where are you investing? Are you investing your time, your money, your prayer, your skills, your talents into the kingdom? Because if we are, then we get to win all together. So that is literally all I want to share with you this morning. These, them three challenges, we're going to pop them up on the screen. Um, and what I really, really want us to do is just to just take time and sit and think about these, about these three challenges and just ask God to just, God, am I, um, am I where you've called me? And just to wait on the answer, not just to just really, really give him time to respond and anything that's prompted in you write it down, share it with somebody and and stay accountable to it. And we would really, really love, to if anybody wants any prayer, to pray over these. Because I just, this morning was feeling really, really emotional about this because I was thinking, if we are all exactly where God has called us to be, then, as a church, that what is that going to look like? What is how is that going to impact our entire area? And it would it wouldn't just stay in in even in West Sussex; it would overflow everywhere. And so, I really, really want to encourage you to um, to really reflect on these and ask God and just listen um, to Him. And I also, as I'm going to invite the band back up, just to just um just to play as we're just um speaking to God about this anybody over the last month we've been talking lots about healing and that kind of thing anybody that's come up for healing and hasn't yet been healed I want you right down here at the front and I think every single week until you are healed right down at the front at the end until you are healed anybody who hasn't yet been forward for healing and they know that they've got something it doesn't be something really really small like a bad fingernail or it can be something massive i want you right here every week and saying to god i believe god come on heal me heal me and i think let's not give up asking for the good stuff church let's just just run into it i just really want to encourage us that just go for it come on let's just just be transformed so i've got nothing more to say the rest of it's all just between you and god but anybody who wants prayer i'm gonna be down here praying and becca the prayer team and i think the team from uganda needs to come down and pray for us as well and just kind of share what they've received in uganda as well so just take some time ask god listen to god and get yourselves right down here and let's let's do it together